Hi, I'm Sheena Jean of the Make One Day Happen podcast. Uh, and I am very excited today to present my soul brother, Dr. Jamal Frewster. He is here from the Soul Coffee podcast, and he is a humanity hype man. Just, I mean, you're going to feel it throughout this experience. He is a chiropractor at the Source Tucson. He's a life coach, and he really loves providing for providers. So anybody that takes care of people, um, takes care of a business, uh, is in the healthcare field, he works with them to make sure they're taking care of themselves first and foremost so they can avoid burnout because that's a real thing, y'all. It's not just a buzzword. And just really excited to have you on the show today. Oh, man. I'm honored, sis. And yeah. let, me, <clears throat> let me make sure I'm speaking to this mic. Uh, I'm introducing Sheena Jean, uh, one of my great friends. And you know, you meet someone that you're just like, this isn't the first time we just found each other in this life. That's this firecracker. Really excited that Sheena Jean is a visionary. Uh, she's obviously here to help facilitate a very powerful visualization experience, sound bowl, and really just excited to see her take care of more athletes as one of like what fires her up and the concept we're going to explore with thought defense. She really is excited to bring this experience of meditating and visualization to the athletic population so that way they can master their lives and be able to increase performance and be able to really just showcase what they want to versus falling victim to any lesser thought forms or anxiety performance or anything in that realm, shape or form. But she, I've worked with her, I've had the honor to mastermind with her. She's brilliant. She's helped so many different facilities. I met her at a time where she was with Archipelago as well too, and really just visioning and bringing people together. I think that's one of her superpowers is bringing people together. So look at her bringing people together here in Phoenix. So hell excited to be able to explore things and go from there. Sweet. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're all we'll for the energy. All the woos. <laughs> y'all can snap, y'all can clap, whatever it may be, you know what I mean? Thing. I'm a generator in human design, so I love noise. I love noise. Uh, but, yo, if you can't hear it, feel free to scoot up to the front. It's good to have you. Yeah, how's the noise levels in the back? Can you hear us? Can you hear us back there? Can you hear us? Sweet, can you hear sweet, us? sweet, sweet. All right. Love it. Cool. Well, let's, let's dive in then. I, um, I have a pop quiz for you. Name this philosopher. Ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm, re I'm ready. I'm ready. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of your thoughts. Who would be? Shit. I was going to say Ralph Waldo Emerson. Mm. You'd be wrong. I'd, all right, there we go. Um, let's go. Let's go with Marcus Aurelius. Yes. Yeah, nice, any nice, any nice. Marcus Aurelius fans in the house? Stoic Daily philosophy? Stoic. Daily Stoic. Daily Stoic. All right. Yeah. All right. Cool. Got two. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the idea of understanding our thoughts to understand the quality of our life is a big one. It's, it's simple and it's actually a lot more complex than it can be um, just when you first start thinking about it. And hi, uh, I, I got really excited and saw someone that I hadn't seen yet. <laughs> hi, Kai. Uh, so the problem is if we don't understand the quality of our thoughts and what's happening with our thoughts, then we actually can't do a whole lot about the quality of our lives. And so often I do a lot of coaching one-on-one um, -on -one and with teams, groups. A lot of the times we are so stuck to our thoughts, we actually don't realize that they're not us, right? We get sucked into life and it's like we're spinning, spinning, spinning. The things that are going on in our mind, that's us. And until we learn to separate from those thoughts so we can start to examine them and figure out, is this worthy of my time and energy? Is this something that I even believe anymore? Is this something that I want to believe anymore? Um, we are just kind of sucked into that matrix of programming in our head. So 
Uh, I teach on something called metacognition, which is the ability to think about your thoughts. Is anybody familiar with this concept? Dope. Um, so metacognition is not something that you necessarily have, but it's more of a journey or a practice to gaining more awareness of what's happening in your mind. And you can do this through meditation, you can do it through journaling, you can do it through cold plunging and seeing what sort of thoughts rise to the surface. Anything that you can be mindful in and really watch, yoga, running, there's so many different ways to access metacognition. The point is that we just need to be practicing it and aware of the fact that we can gain some observation skills of what's happening in our head. Because if we don't have that, then the rest of this conversation gets a little murky. So I'm curious to know how many of you either meditate, journal, have a gratitude practice. Awesome, our people. Let's go. Okay, Let's go. yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so these are all great, great tools to be able to start watching what's going on in your head. And if you're anything like me, if you're human, we still have shitty thoughts. <laughs> they like come creeping out of nowhere and you're like, wow. So we really wanna introduce the idea of thought defense, how to run it, why it's important, and understanding that the thoughts are made up of words. And so often there's words that we can actually be looking at specifically, removing from our language. I teach a whole word diet workshop and, and facilitate a whole kind of concept around that. It's very layered. Conscious language is a real thing. And the more that we start to see the words that we're using, we can shift those. We can swap them out. We can start to run a little bit better thought defense in our head. What's really charging me up as one of my favorite books is As a Man Thinketh by James Allen. Anyone? Anyone? Okay. All right. I love that there's an audience here. Like, I got to say that. <laughs> But one of my favorite quotes from it is that our words are the ore that lead to our actions, our habits, our behaviors, everything comes from that. And like what Sheena started to mention and what's really exciting for me and where this kind of ties in to what I do is I feel like a lot of the time, or I think a lot of the time with my practice members over at The Source is that I'm playing like defense for people's thoughts because they might be like, oh, this is my bad knee or my low back is messed up or whatever, or they just, don't utilize their words in a constructive way. So I'm like, stop talking to yourself like that, straight up, because that's my knee that needs a little bit more work. That's my knee that needs to heal. That's my neck that needs to be able to help repair and strengthen itself. There is a concept, I think, with thought and with health and healing is that it's a path of mastery. And I think the path of mastery gets lost in this instantaneous gratification culture where we're just so used to everything. You can swipe right and you're the man. You, can, you don't even need to leave your place to order food or to do whatever it may be. You can have your groceries delivered to you and you even need to get up. Like that's, that's crazy to me. Like I'm not old and I'm not young. I'm like a 90s baby and things, 93, you know what I mean? And it's been interesting to me with this, with the internet being a tool for us to be able to convenience our lives, but you can't convenience your health and you definitely can't convenience your mental health. And the exciting part is that, is that you get to become a master of governing your thoughts and being the conscious observer that Sheena shared as when you delineate that you're not your thoughts, you can be able to gain, I think, a lot more of your power back. And with your awareness in the space that you create for yourself to reflect on where are these coming from? Why are these here? Are these serving me? Being able to ask yourself these questions, I think leads to a lot more space, which then can lead to a lot more empowerment. And 
we're going to get, I imagine, into the neurosciences, which is where I geek out as well, too, as some resources for y'all. As a man thinketh, feel free to write it down in y'all journals or, you know, take note of it. Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess by Dr. Caroline Leaf. I heard a yes. Nice. Uh, some snaps. This is great. Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess, Dr. Caroline Leaf, is something that I'm going to reference as well, too, as she's a neuroscientist that has been in the game for 40 years. When it comes to neuroplasticity or the way the brain changes and models itself every single millisecond, that's a lot of her work. Dr. Joe Dispenza, anyone? Okay, got a woo, let's go. Uh, breaking the habit of being yourself, highly important. And then the last one for you is Dr. Bruce Lipton, the biology of belief. That's a lot more epigenetics and understanding how you're not a byproduct and a victim of your genes, you're actually just the, an expression or extension of your environment. And based upon your environmental stressors, that will actually turn on or turn off certain genetic expressions. Why is that tied to thought? Well, if you can appreciate how you're thinking, then that's gonna once more separate you from that thought and then allow you to then consciously create your life, which I think is very exciting. Yeah, it's, um taking me to the koshas in yoga. Is anyone familiar with the five koshas? So the idea in, in yoga is that we actually have five bodies, not just one. We all are very familiar with this body that we have and probably have all sorts of thoughts and feelings about it. Um, so there's the physical body, which is informed by the energy body. Um, and the energy body is what our prana, our life force is running through us. Like if we don't have that that energy in our body, then the body is done, right? Like we're not gonna continue to, to live and exist in this form without that energy that's moving through us. So the third body is the thought body. And the thought body is what is informing the energy and the life force that is informing and fueling the physical body. So there's two more um, koshas as well, the intellectual and the spiritual. Where I really like to focus with people is on those first three and understanding how your mind, your body, and your energy are really all working together. And if you can get some space from your thoughts and start to look at what's happening there, like if you're constantly thinking like, oh, I can't do anything, or I'll never get this, or I don't want to be putting myself out there, and what if he doesn't blah, 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 you know, like when you start to like put yourself into um, a negative form and focusing on what you don't want, your energetic field is just completely focused on that. You're, you've got your mind focused on what you don't want. You're expressing that. It's coming through in your energy and it's coming through in your body. So there's this cyclical effect that's happening in all of our koshas and all of our bodies. And, and thought for me is where so much of it comes back to. There's a lot of somatic work that you can be doing, right? Like you could be cold plunging and doing yoga and going to the chiropractor if you don't take the time to look at what's actually happening in your mind and create space for that, that's going to completely inform everything else. It's gonna inform whether or not you believe you can actually heal your bad knee, or if you actually are capable of starting the podcast or doing getting the job. Like that form of belief, the biology of belief is a phenomenal book. Underline that one. Uh, because your thoughts are literally informing your trillions of cells. They're sending out neurochemicals based on your thoughts. Your body becomes addicted to the chemicals, depending on which way they're going. You're either going to be sending out stress hormones or you're going to be sending out the good stuff. So 
making sure that you're keeping your thoughts as clean as possible and redirecting them when you need to is of massive importance for your energetic output and for the health that you're expressing through your body. Mm -hmm. There's so many things I'm excited to share. Just know an hour isn't enough, <laughs> but we're going to give to you our most potent and synthesized concepts that we've kind of been working on. And one thing that I want to offer to y'all neurologically is that your brain doesn't differentiate from what's now in the present versus what's in the future versus what's in the past. Does that make sense thus far? That's a big concept. The benefit to that is then you can leverage your thoughts to then reprogram your biochemistry in this moment and watch your life unfold in a potent and powerful way. Dr. Joe Dispenza goes in on this as he sets meditation practices and he leads experiences and seminars over the course of five to seven days to help people that are experiencing stage four metastasized cancer, which in Western medicine means you're going to die. There's nothing that they can do for you, which is okay. But people enter these experiences and then leave these experiences going into spontaneous remission and they stay there. They didn't have anything injected into them. They didn't go through chemo. They didn't do anything. So what did they do? They shifted their energy through the mastery of their thoughts and being able to leverage this brain, which is like a receiver of information. And it's like the TV, so to speak. And in being able to master that, then you're the, based upon the state of your brain, that's gonna dictate the physiology and how your body responds. The layer that Dr. Caroline Leaf brings in is that there's a differentiation between mind and brain. Did y'all know this? Yes. Sweet. And if you didn't, it's all good because it's, it's a newish concept. But there's your brain, which is just a recorder, kind of like of every, I kind of think of it as like a VHS of like everything that's going on in your life. But then your mind actually drives your brain, which then drives your body. So what is mind? Being able to understand and appreciate and find reverence for something that's intangible, I think is very important. Because like Sheena also said too, you can appreciate someone's emotional state even if they're not saying anything. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is, is there a posture for sadness? Is there a posture for anger? Someone's fired up. So your partner has a bad day, they walk in. Do you know or do you not know? Feel me? Y'all with me? Yeah. All right, sweet. So the importance of, is being able to appreciate the, the mind as I like, I like threes, it just makes my brain think more clearly. There's your conscious mind. Your conscious mind is only responsible for 1% of your actions, your thoughts, your patterns, and it's what's engaging with me now. Your subconscious mind is paired with your conscious mind and is active and alive with that as it's efforting to give you information of what's going on to this thought, which is, a, it takes up mental real estate. Thoughts that are embedded when we were younger or if you've experienced trauma in particular, because I like with working with providers, you gotta consider the trauma that they've experienced in the day-to-day -day from their past and from when they might do because if they don't, if people don't integrate or slow down and process and feel these stressors, it gets stored in the brain, which then finds a way to find storage in the body. So you might've heard people releasing during a, a sound bowl experience or during breath work or during yoga or during a chiropractic adjustment or during massage. That's the body now feeling safe enough to let go of stored emotion. And this can be consciously or non-consciously. But the invitation for y'all as we continue this journey, as Sheena's gonna take us on in a bit in this conversation, is the power of the non-conscious mind, which actually is the body. 
and non-conscious is different from subconscious. The non-conscious is responsible for once more 90 to 99% of why you think the way that you do, your patterns, your thoughts, your emotions, it's all stored in here. Why? Because we are an extension of nature, as people forget, and nature works for most efficiency. Think about this, you don't have to wake up and learn how to walk again every day, correct? Why is that? It's because there's been synapses and connections in your brain and neurons linking together over the course of when you were a baby that's taught you how to walk, taught you how to run, taught you how to ride a bike, all these different things. So that way now consciously, you don't have to think about it because you can just drive and you're just chilling versus when you're figuring out the gas and the clutch and I gotta check this and I gotta make sure I'm on the 10 and I'm not getting smashed by someone that's crazy, you know what I mean? So it's important to be able to pay attention to what's non-conscious because that's actually what governs the majority of our life. And when we can actually pay attention to that and how it ties to thought, then you can be able to shift your life in a very potent and powerful way and examine what's yours versus what's not yours. What's aligned versus what's not aligned anymore? I don't like good and bad. I just like integrity versus not integrity because it's simple and it gives you an opportunity to live from your values, which is the bedrock of your existence versus just being a victim to your environment, your thoughts, your relationships, the stressors and the demands of life. So this is a good opportunity for y'all to create some space for yourself so that way you can actually think and be able to appreciate and reflect upon as a conscious individual that you are. Yeah, woo, isn't he great? Y'all yeah. got me fired up, man, y'all got me fired up. <laughs> There's, can I get a show of hands for how many people have played a sport at some point in their life in here? Oh, fuck yeah. This is gonna be easy. This is gonna be great then. Uh, so when we were talking about this whole concept, what we wanted to really dive into with y'all uh, thought defense kept coming to mind, and we kept getting like so excited about this. We we're like, defense, defense. Guys, nice. thanks for playing. I love it. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Um, yeah, defense wins championships, right? Like, defense is important. And for anyone who might be listening to the podcast that is a little less familiar with the terms offense and defense, those are really like your strategies that you engage with when you play a sport. And offense, you're moving forward, right? You're like you're on the attack. You're looking to score points. And when you're defending, you're protecting something, usually your basket or your net. Uh, you are protecting against something. And so we wanted to really invite the idea of, okay, when it comes to thought defense, like what does that mean? Like first and foremost, what are we protecting, right? Your mental health at the end of the day is what we're looking to protect and give you peace of mind that um, you're able that you actually have some control over it. So often people convince themselves that they don't have fucking control of their circumstances. And where that goes back to is recognizing that you have control of how you think. And once you start to change how you think, your entire reality will start to change around you. So know that this is absolutely within your control. And protecting your mental health starts with that. Now what are we defending against? Defending against words and specific thought patterns, right? Like there's, does anybody have a, a defensive person in their life? Maybe, or maybe has come across with those, maybe is one of those. I used to be, so I'll raise my hand loud and proud. Um, so, right, like there's a, you can really sense the energy of defense when someone's on the defense and they're like, pushing back against you and like, nah, this is not it. 
we want to make sure that y'all don't walk away thinking we're asking you to go out there and like put on a defensive energy out outwardly. This is more of an internal reflection. This is a this is a mind game you're running with yourself and not outwardly. And actually, if you start to run thought defense on yourself, it will put you more in the offense of an energy that you're looking to project and attract more of what you want in life. Does that make sense? Okay, great. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's important to appreciate, and I'll condense this as much as I can. There's essentially, there's two, two forms that you're operating in. You're in a relaxed physiology, parasympathetic, or you're in a sympathetic response. When you're in the sympathetic response, your limbic brain or your mammalian brain, the emotional brain, I'm just giving some names, that's what predominantly governs your emotions. When you're in your emotional brain, you're in a state of defense because at that point it's survival. When something is overwhelming, like the last few years, majority of people got very compressed and very defensive. Well, why is that? It's because they didn't have the bandwidth to be able to think because, I just learned this from some chiropractic research, this is your beautiful brain. We have this wonderful prefrontal cortex, which that's what it's all about, baby. Like, even with chiropractic, it's not about pain. It's about logic. It's about rational thought. It's about consciousness. It's about your personality. It's about your immune system. That's all governed through this top layer. When we get stressed, bow, this thing just blows off the top, and you're just now operating out of this mammalian brain, or maybe even your reptilian brain, which is just straight survival. So people that have been severely traumatized, they might be defensive, all the time, which is why it's important to give them grace, which is why it's important to not judge, which is why it's important to not make assumptions for you, let alone for them, because they're in their own process, right? So with thought defense, this is just giving you an opportunity to really just take inventory of self and maximize re-engaging this prefrontal cortex or just the ability for you to rationally think, the ability for you to actually be able to conceptualize things, what's going on, and be able to create space for yourself so neurologically you can be more relaxed versus being in this compressed state. Because once more, if you can be able to learn and appreciate where you're at, you're gonna have more bandwidth for than people that might not have that bandwidth, which, spoiler alert, that's the vast majority of people. Majority of y'all said y'all have a gratitude practice, meditation practice, something, you found your way to the sexy building, 95 plus percent of people don't do that on the regular. Mm -hmm. And it's not a shame thing or anything, it's just a real thing to recognize because they don't even think they have the bandwidth or the capacity or they don't see the value in it. So they're allowing this stress cycle to continue and then they're engaging with their partners, they're engaging with the world, they're engaging with people from, a, from less of a human sense. Mm -hmm. The ability to think is your superpower as a human being combined with the ability to feel. Your feelings will allow you to discern and be able to teach you, you know, what's real to you, but then the thoughts that come through that or the thought forms that you choose to engage with or you need to weed out of your system, they're now gonna hold a different kind of reverence and weight that then you can then give to your people around you and show up how you want to versus when you react and you respond, you might be here. The goal of thought defense is actually to keep you open, heart open, able to communicate and able to connect first and foremost as a human. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, um, thoughts become things. Have y'all heard that one as well? Uh, 
so what, when we have a thought, what, it's made up of words, right? And so those words are those building blocks. It's really kind of stacking everything on top of it. So in order to kind of take down the thoughts and like start to look at them objectively, it's like, what words am I regularly using that actually might be blocking me from co-creating or manifesting or creating results or whatever you know language you like to use with bringing things into form, right? Like what we think about absolutely expresses itself. I remember being on a plane, feeling like God, universe, source, whatever, like shot an idea arrow into my brain. And as soon as I landed, I'm like, yo, Jamal, you want, you want to come to Phoenix and do this thing? Like you put, your, you put an idea or a thought into your head and then it starts to physically express, right? Until it actually comes to fruition. So we have to start looking at our thoughts and start really understanding which words are getting in the way. So when, we're, when we think about, all right, if we want to teach people how to run thought defense, in sports, there's a couple different defenses that you typically play. First is your zone defense, where you're kind of covering an area and protecting an area. And then you've got man-to-man -man defense, which is you've got this guy, I've got this guy, you take that guy, and you're focused on a single person. And so want to invite you all to consider um, some man-to-man -man defense when it comes to the words that you're using. A couple dirty words that I help people detox from their system and get out quickly. First one is should. Should is a no-go. Should has an energy that's very low vibration, right? It is got um, a lot of shame, guilt, and resentment built into when we use the word should. And we're shooting all over ourselves. We're shooting all over each other. It's a real messy situation out there, okay? So take should and replace it with could or would, all right? Sub that could or would in, and you open up a whole space of possibility instead of, hey, you should come to Phoenix and do this thing with me. It's like, okay. Uh, or it could be, hey, would you like to come to Phoenix and do this thing with me? Like energetically, it feels completely different, completely different. And it gives that space for um, him allowing to make a choice versus me kind of coming in with this like, I think this is what you should do. Like should has got finger pointy energy, right? It's like, I know better than you. And it's when you turn that shit on yourself, that's when things get really messy. Oh, I should go to the gym today. I should have finished that thing. I should have said something. I should have, like we get so shitty on ourselves that it becomes overwhelming. And that's where we get into a low vibration of shame, of guilt, of resentment for doing something that we didn't want to do, but someone told us we should, right? So get rid of should. Start looking for that one and remove it from your, your words immediately. Uh, look for uh, contractions as well. Can't, don't, won't. Those things are gonna keep you focused in the direction that you actually don't wanna be going. And there's power in knowing what you actually don't want. And we're set up with a negativity bias, right? Like we are, our brain is actually not, our, this is a, another key difference between the brain and the mind. The mind wants us to thrive, the brain does not. The brain is for survival. The brain is here to protect us and keep us safe. And so when it's experienced something in the past, like touching a hot stove, it's like, ooh, don't touch the hot stove. If anybody has kids or works with kids, you know that you actually don't wanna say, don't do that thing, because then they do that fucking thing. You wanna say, keep your hand off, like keep your hand away. And then they do that thing instead. Your brain is the same way. Your brain is the same way. So making sure that you're focusing on what you do choose, what you do call in, what you do desire is so important. It is so massively important. So watch your thoughts and for the can'ts, the don'ts, the won'ts, um, those are, I would say, probably two of the biggest ones. Uh, the other one I'll throw out there is sorry. 
sorry is so fucking overused in this day and age. There's a whole book about girls stop saying sorry, so I'm not gonna get too far into this. I will say it, it can be a trauma response, and so like Jamal was speaking to earlier, um, always choosing to have uh, compassion, empathy, understanding for someone who might be apologizing a lot, and recognize that when we choose to say sorry all the time, we are disempowering ourselves. We are cutting off kind of our own feet and giving our energy and power away to someone else, often for a reason like we don't even need to, right? Like we're putting ourselves in a state of sorrow. That's where that word comes from, right? Like energetically, that's actually not where you wanna live unless you need to be in that space for grief or for a, a processing moment, but to constantly be in the field of sorry in your language and in your energetic field is actually not a healthy place to be. So removing and replacing that one with thank you, right? Thank you for waiting for me versus sorry I'm late. Thank you for giving me some extra time. Sorry I couldn't get this to you when I said I would. Swap that sorry out for a thank you and watch your energetic field start to open up a lot. So what are, the, what are some dirty words that you're gonna look out for? Anybody remember? Pop quiz, pop quiz. Should. should. We don't fuck with shoulds, baby. We don't fuck with shoulds. That is absolutely correct. Facts. That is absolutely correct. What are, what are some other words that we're watching out for? Can't, don't, won't, especially I don't know. Let me, I, just, I do have to go off on this one real quick. I don't know is sabotaging us from our intuition, all right? Like when we constantly say, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, uh, there is a disconnect that's happening between your higher self and being able to access the part of you that actually does know. And I'm not saying that you don't know everything, right? Like I'm not out here trying to turn y'all into know-it-alls. That's not what's happening here. Like there are for sure things. I don't know how to adjust someone's spine. Not, 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 my, not my thing. That's this, what he's here for. I don't know how to do things with that. Yeah, like well, I don't know how to make this, all of this work. Like that's what he's here for. So there are of course things that you actually don't know. However, I'm speaking to the, the game of what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want for dinner? I don't know. And then you just go in this loop and you get stuck on this little loop of I don't know. And you're just racing around your mind with that, right? Like that's what we want to unplug from. And give your brain, your brain needs a direction to go. And I don't know keeps it stuck and kind of like pinging off itself because there's nowhere to go. It's like, well, let me think about what I want for dinner. Or I choose you to make the decision tonight because I'm done with decisions for today, right? Like there's direction in that and you have to give your brain direction. So watch where you're saying, I don't know, and look to choose something instead. Choose to move in any direction and then you get to choose something different if that doesn't feel right. But I don't know is gonna keep you stuck in bad relationships. I don't know is gonna keep you stuck in shitty jobs. I don't know is gonna keep you in environments that do not serve you and your mental health and your well-being. So watch for the places where you're saying, I don't know, and, and choose to choose. Man, tag me in. When, I, when it comes to this word diet and be able to appreciate this, when she mentioned should, uh, I invite y'all also, if you notice that that's coming up for you frequently, examine where does that should come from? Mm -hmm. Whose should is that? Yes. Where does that stem from? A thought, Dr. Caroline Leaf talks about it, it's actually like a tree, it has roots. There is somewhere where someone planted some seeds in there and maybe they're empowering, maybe they're disempowering. That's why you gotta examine, you know, where are these shoulds coming from or these don'ts or whatever it may be. But what, as I'm listening to Sheena speak, it's an invitation for you to think more thoroughly. 
Think about your thoughts. Anybody remember what that's called? Yes, metacognition. Get her a sticker. <laughs> but the invitation is just for y'all to think more thoroughly and examine where these things are coming from. And even just like with that, I don't know, uh, just with about dinner, it's an invitation for you to actually just be able to, oh, well, I don't know now. Well, let me let me excavate some things. Or when I ask my coaching clients or my practice members, and when they're like, I might give them like a lacrosse ball to roll out to, and they don't do the shit because I can feel it in their shoulders. And I'm like, you've been using your lacrosse ball? They're like, uh, uh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, let's explore that. Why not? Uh, I don't know. Well, let's explore that. What's been getting in the way of that, which is good for your health and something that you know that could benefit you, but you're not doing. So if you don't know, that's okay. But what's the layer underneath things? What do you need to explore? What's most important for you? What's in the way of doing or thinking in the way that you actually want to? Is this landing for y'all? Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think we're doing good on time. Are there any questions, comments? We're going to pause for some live live audience action. Since Q&A? Q &A? That's like, awesome. Is that, is that, how are we feeling? I like using thermometers, too, to know where people are at. Is this landing? Is it like, eh? OK, great, great. Um, we did man-to-man. -man. We, we did man-to-man. -man. We, we got zone. Oh, we got zone. And we got our players. Oh, yeah, let's talk about it. Man. Tell them about the zone. So I think this this was a layer in, of course, but I think it's more so than zone. I think it's the home field advantage. Ooh. So if you want to go in on zone, I'm so cool with that. I trust you. Okay. So with zone, you can think of specific thoughts on the shoulds, the should, like all that shit. The zone, or I think of like home court advantage. I was driving up with Lou today, and it's important to set your home court advantage. And if you're not familiar with sports, well, yo, when you're playing at home, you got your homies in the crowd. I got some of my homies here today like that I've already connected with over the last few years. It invites a certain kind of energy. It invites a certain kind of like cheering. Like when a basketball player is about to make a free throw, the home crowd is probably going to chill versus when it's a visitor, they're going to have the noodles, they're going to be making noise, like they're going to be going off. When it comes to home field advantage or zone, I like to think of gratitude being an invitation for you to like sift some of the shit that's in the way of getting to the most important things and actually setting the arena of your mind to be able to look for what it is that you want. And it's not like, oh yeah, just be grateful. No, it's actually... <laughs> Look and find what can you be grateful for, even if you're getting your shit compressed, even if you're going through a rough time, even if you don't know you're going to fucking make it. What can you actually look at and pay attention to in your life so that way you can actually gain some sustenance that's going to give you gold, that's going to give you fuel, that's going to give you gas to help you move through this tough time in life? Because after every cycle of compression, there's a cycle of relaxation or release. So it's a matter of biding your time, but I think it's more so because that's a passive thing. I need y'all to have both cheeks in when it comes to thinking about your life. So you got to be an active participant in your health and healing journey. And gratitude sets a space for you to actually be able to enter that and find, okay, like if I got this zone playing and things, I'm like, okay, now how can I actually grab what I need to or focus on what I need to? Yeah, that's, that's so good. Kind of coming back to that negativity bias that we're all predisposed to. Gratitude, there's so much research behind gratitude. I have a I have a whole grateful as fuck workshop that I do on it too. So I'm gonna try and like pick like what's most important to know. 
Uh, there's, there was a study done at Harvard back in early 2000s where they had uh, students come in and play Tetris for like hours, hours, all right? Everybody leaves and what they realized is like they left and they couldn't stop seeing the pattern, right? Like they saw Tetris everywhere. They saw it in the cereal boxes on the aisles of the grocery store. They looked down out of their windows and saw Tetris being played on the parking lot. Like they saw Tetris everywhere. And what they learned from that study was that our brains pick up patterns. And so we can choose what we're patterning into our brain, right? And so to default out of that, that negativity bias, practicing gratitude is one of the most fucking important things you can be doing. It's free. It's easier than meditation. It's actually fun when you exp you can involve other people with it, right? Like I could, like yeah, it's a gratitude game. If anybody, I I mean I've <laughs> made people in this room play the gratitude game recently, being like, okay, what are you most grateful for tonight? Um, falling asleep. Think of three things that you're grateful for. Writing it down. There's so many different ways. Andrew Huberman. I'll actually go ahead and give this resource as well. Has a phenomenal podcast on gratitude. If you want to get really like into the nitty gritty and the science of it and how to build the most effective gratitude practice that takes about 90 seconds a day. Um, he goes in on that in uh, his gratitude episode. Definitely, definitely recommend that. And it just, it does, it levels the playing field and gives you home court advantage. Once you're approaching every situation with gratitude, things are working in your favor from the jump. You're not coming in with a chip on your shoulder. You're not coming in with an energetic defensive stance, which you know, sometimes a defensive stance is very, very helpful. However, just coming in like that can be a little bit much. So approaching life with an attitude of gratitude is such an easy, easy, very simple hack that gives you so much of the home court advantage. Mm -hmm. oh, so good. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that and that concept as well. Okay, great. I think there's also, uh, you know, we have a perfectionism problem in our country, in our society. Mm. It's like a, it's a real thing. And social media doesn't help it. Uh, the, the push to produce more, do more, be more, like that is so present. And so I also want to remind y'all that this is, you know, if you take on this concept of thought defense, it is a lifestyle and a practice. It's not something that is a, a flip that you switch, right? It's not going to be something that's just all of a sudden flowing and working for you. And you have permission to fail with it. Nice. And I encourage you to fail with it. Nice. Defense does not win every possession, right? And defense always, what it does is it always it's gets good. back up and like comes after it again. It's always ready to go for another round. So know that like there are going to be some shitty thoughts that slip through. You're going to realize that you're saying should all the time. And it's coming from a place of breaking yourself down or breaking mm. others down. And mm. you have to learn how to keep coming back to it and keep releasing it. Right. So permission to fail and fail fast and fail hard. The sooner you fail, the more the more quickly you find your success mm. and embrace this journey of finding the, the crooks of your mind that might not actually be helping you right now. Ooh, ooh, there's one, one, just one thing on that. Please. It's really exciting. Once more, the path to mastery. Um, I think in navigating, engaging with your thoughts, you can think of the four agreements. Anyone read it? Don Miguel Ruiz? Yeah, nice, my people, I love it. Um, being able to 
just understand the first one being impeccable with your word is agreement number one. It's just using your word constructively for yourself. Mm. Integrity is another component to it. Um, not making assumptions is another rule as well, too. So that way you're, you're not putting your energy out and worried about anyone going through quite literally their own movie. Like everyone is going through their own movie in their head. Like, and they're the star, just like you're the star. And when you're an active participant, you're the main character and you're in the driver's seat. Um, don't take things personally. A lot of people might ruminate on things. And once more, depression is linked to people stuck in the past. Anxiety is linked to people being stuck in the future, in the present, which is so messed up. But in being able to give yourself grace, and then the last one, which is always do your best, you can always be able to give yourself grace. And like Sheena said, be humble with it. Like, humble yourself. For real, because there's such an, there's a flood of, there's a flood of information going on right now, especially, like I said, you got the interwebs now and things too. There's so many things we got to sift. We got robots and shit. We got AI. That's a whole nother conversation. Good conversation. Dr. Brett Jones, last episode on Soul Coffee, quick plug. But being able to discern through all the technology and all the access to information, a lot of human beings, what I even find chiropractically, they don't need more things. They need less things. People don't need more things, they need less things. Yes. People don't need more information, they need less information. People don't need another tool, they need mastery of the tools that they already got. Yes. And that's its own thing with like my profession. There's a lot of people that are efforting to do so much with everything versus like, bro, focus on the adjustment. That shit is fire. And then we get to layer in concepts of the mind because keep this last nugget in mind, two nuggets, I lied. 80 to 90% of what we find stuck in the body is due to a thought. There's thoughts, there's traumas, and there's toxins that impact your physiology. And the gravity, the weight of a thought, same thing. If there was a bear that busted in this door, that's an external thing, yes? Your brain perceives a thought just as it would that bear that's outside of you, but it will respond the same way, but it's inside of you. I'll say that again a little bit more clearly. Your brain perceives thoughts to the same degree as anything outside of you. Those thoughts will govern your physiology. Mm -hmm. That's why it's important for this society to be able to take inventory and start paying attention to our thoughts and examining things once more because that's gonna then once more either keep you nice and chill or stress you the fuck out. And I want you to be nice and chill and only get stressed when y'all need to and truly need to. Yeah, there's a, one of my favorite studies to talk about is a piano study that was done in 1994. And they had, um, they had two groups of humans come in. One was given the like, very specific direction. We want you to play this for this oh, amount of time, like through going. this, and like we're going to scan your brain, see what's happening in your brain. So they did that. Second group came in, and they said, we want you to think about playing this in this exact way. So everything that the first group did, but just imagine yourself doing that. Looked at the brain scans, the same thing. And that was, that was the study that really broke open the door to our understanding of what visualization truly is for the human. It, your brain cannot distinguish between an external environment and its internal environment. So That's good. why when you are literally like wake up so and you're like falling off a cliff and you're like, heart is pounding or you have a dream about something that like your partner says or a friend says to you and you wake up and you're like the fuck you say yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it feels so real it feels so 
so real. <laughs> and it's like your, your body and your brain don't know the difference, which is why, I mean, we'll get into this here in a moment, but this is why I lead future self visualizations because so many people don't create that time and space to sit down and like really truly visualize what it is that you want from your life and where you want to so go. Good. And the matrix, not, not a film, it is a documentary and you can plug in, Facts. you can plug in and start to visualize what it is that you're creating for yourself. Give yourself the experience of having it before you're there. So then once you get there, you don't have the anxiety, the stress response, the, I've never done this before. Like, nah, this shit was practice, baby. Yeah, we've, is, been, we've been thought defense. Rehearsing. You got to practice. Yeah. Gotta like, yo, you got to practice your defense. You just don't pull up to game day and you're going up against a championship team. Yeah. And you're like, right, I'm going to wing it. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. You got game tape you got to go over. You got, you know, like you do your, quick story. In high school, I wasn't good at playing soccer, but I was fast as shit. I had to stick this one player that had this interview from ESPN, whatever. So I did my research on him and I was talking shit to him the whole time to be able to take him off his game, but study him once more. You got to study yourself. It's like when you can give yourself the, the, uh, the understanding of where are these thoughts like even coming from and like, where do you want to go? And you rehearse that you're about to have a sexy visualization, but Joe Dispenza talks about the same thing. You don't focus on like, it needs to be this one way. It can be all sorts of ways. That's the universe. That's God gifting you beyond your radar from what you can see. But the, the, the essence of it is you got to get into the feeling state. What will it feel like when I have X? What will that unlock for me when I have X? How will I smile? How will I be thinking? How will I be creating? How will I engage with my relationships? How am I going to talk to my pet? Like, how am I going to enter rooms? How do I want my energy to be perceived? Like, all that you can see once more before it happens because, and this is the last thing, there's the placebo effect, but there's also the nocebo effect. Placebo effect is you can have a salt pill and you think it's a cure for cancer, or whatever it may be, insert disease here, and people will get better. Someone can walk into the chiropractic office and be like, this shit isn't gonna work. Well, bro, what do you think is gonna happen? That's the nocebo effect of insert whatever it may be, if you can leverage getting into the state ahead of time with your mind as Sheena's about to dive in with y'all, you can do that on the day to day with meditation, with visualizations, before you have a conversation with a partner or a boss that's difficult, uh, before you have a conversation with yourself, you can see it and but more so once more, like feel it. That's why like gratitude is so good because I've been on mission trips chiropractically, been to Haiti, been in the Dominican Republic. I've seen little, Little kids just running around in their diapers, having a stick, just beating around like a, like a balled up mattress pad, happy as clams. Like they're happy as can be. They got nothing, they live in mud shacks. They got nothing available, they got the bare minimum, but they got each other, they got community and they have gratitude. So they're, even though they might materially or resourcefully might not have anything or minimal, they're still happier than the people in the United States that can have everything, but they have nothing. And it's all from your perception. So with this workshop and with this here, know that you get to master your perception because that bear can come in and I might respond the other way, but DiCarpio over there is like, oh, I wrestle this shit regularly, dog, give it to me. What's the difference? It's perception of what's possible and perception of what that actually is. Nice, nice looking dude. Great. How y'all feeling? Oh, nice, nice. Oh, thermometer strong back there. <laughs> Let's go, Matt. 
Any questions, any points you'd like us to clarify before we wrap up this conversation? Perfect timing. Yeah. Hi. Hi, Jennifer. From Delaware. So this is a great question, and uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, um, Jennifer just asked about generationally saying I'm sorry and using my apologies as language as well. Um, And I I would agree with you. I think that there's uh, a generational element to language for sure, and there is language that we get to pass down. And I would would agree that, um, especially for women, especially, especially for women, the guys don't have the I'm sorry language quite as programmed as women do. And yeah, it's absolutely prevalent. And I, you know, where I said using thank you instead, I also love the substitute of my apologies in a situation that actually deems it. It's, It's the bumping into someone that you didn't know was there and be like, I'm sorry. It's like, for what? Taking up space? Like that's the place where I want you to really recognize that you can say, excuse me, or my apologies, right? Versus the I am sorry. Anything after I am creates. I am is the most sacred two words in the entire language. It's also God's nickname. (laughs) So watch out anything that comes after I am, you are speaking into creation. So it's the I am sorry that cancel clear. You can also, that's a cheat code, cancel clear. If you catch yourself saying something, cancel clear is literally a cheat code to erase it. I've got, got more cheat codes if we want them. I am and cancel clear are two cheat codes you need to have in your back pocket. Got some life codes. So, so that's a good, okay, life codes instead of cheat codes. You can't cheat in life. That's true. That's, I, I cancel clear at. my cheat codes, oh. life codes now. <laughs> um, nice. Does that answer the question? Cool. Thank you for that. Uh, I also just want to acknowledge you uh, as I work with a lot of women, like 75% of my clients are women and they often apologize and ask them for what. So what's more if you, cause then it's just re-engaging that intentionality. Yeah. Cause you can say something and then you can say something. Example A. And the power that you put behind the words yeah, the is like, that's, that's the juice. That's Large. the sauce. Like, so, I can give other examples too, but I think y'all get what I'm saying to be able to like, when you speak, mean what the fuck you say, mm-hmm. especially to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's, a, it's also, once more, this is an intangible muscle that you're learning to flex too. You don't just go to the gym and throw on 500 and bench it. David probably does once more, but it took him time to get there. Same thing. It's gonna take time to recognize it, but I think just, and what Jennifer mentioned is the generational language. There's definitely, that's a, that's a whole nother juicy like concept that I want to explore another time because I honor y'all time, but because then there's an energy behind that language and is it manipulation or is it inspiration? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and where, who's yeah. teaching it? Who's teaching it? And how clear are they? What's their quality of thought? Yeah, yeah. Man. Yes. Because when I come into the room and I'm like, I'm sorry I'm late, the other person's like, 
That's lovely. Yes. Thank you for sharing. For those listening on the podcast. I love that part. We uh, Pay attention. Got, <laughs> yeah. We just got um, confirmation that thank you is a life code for, I'm sorry. Mm. I, did, I did good. No, yeah, you did. Give me some. <laughs> One last thing on that, because Alexis, nice. One thing with, because this is, I think it's just important just to have respect for your word. Because if you keep just showing up late, keep showing up late, keep showing up late, and you're like, thank you. <laughs> no, let's have some integrity and let's have some boundaries for things because you're, what you say, you get the opportunity to bridge the gap of your, your integrity. I think an episode with Lou on Soul Coffee is like, your integrity is your spiritual power. Your integrity is your ability to manifest with what you say. Because if you say all these things, especially to yourself, but you don't move upon them, well, you're just kicking yourself in the energetic nuts of trying to manifest whatever it is that you want. Like you're just shooting yourself in the foot. So it's an opportunity for you to also re-engage with your people with better boundaries and better honor and better reverence with all of what y'all are saying. And just notice that once more in reflection, notice the gap so that way you can bridge it. You feeling complete? (laughs) Oh my gosh, all these smiles and thumbs up. Yeah. Excuse me is a great substitute. And I think this all comes back to like, right, there's no inherently like bad or wrong words. There's tools. Yeah, there's, it's the tone and the intention that you're using behind it and the mindfulness. It's that, it's that metacognition that I want to bring you into, bring you into a space where you're thinking more about what you're thinking and saying is really the intention behind it. So instead of just being on this autopilot and saying all this shit that we haven't actually even uh, like taken some time to look at, like, is this, am I actually sorry in this moment? Or do I just want to say, excuse me? And my apologies. I didn't see you there. My bad. That's one of my favorite substitutes. Oh, I got something for the word diet. Don't you dare ask, how are you, without actually being able to receive how that person is. That was one thing I had to add. Yo, because if you ask me how I am, that's a request of information. You better be ready to receive that shit. You know what I mean? Otherwise, just be like, man, good morning, or a grand rising, or just think, hi. Just smile. You can just smile. I don't know. That was, yeah. Tone and intention, so important behind the words. Yes. Mm. Mm. Man, great question. I'll go ahead and throw it in there. Chiropractic care. (laughs) Honestly, like for those of you who... who, That's hilarious. (laughs) Because it's it's both, right? Top down with mindset. However, there is a bottom-up approach. You can't think your way out of all the stuck emotion and shit in your body. You just can't. And straight up, I mean, I'll plug chiropractic care all day long. The what's happening is your brain sends messages to your body and where our things get stuck. 
Like that's what we're opening up. They're the only doctors that are working with your nervous system, which is sending all of the messages, all of the thoughts, all of the neurochemicals to your body yes. is coming through. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's coming from what's being held in your nervous system. And so if you aren't really readjusting your body, the container of energy that's holding these thought patterns in place, chiropractic care has literally changed the game from my, once I recognized that thought reprogramming is what needed to happen, you can reprogram a thought. However, if your body is energetically holding on to it, it's just gonna keep going back. Your body's gonna keep coming back into the same position. You'll, your thought will eventually wander back to that same mindset. So I vote for chiropractic care, cold plunging, ecstatic dance. Sound is really powerful, which is why we're gonna give y'all a sound experience today. Um, and I mean, there's so many different approaches. I would say that chiropractic is one thing that I will die on a hill is for everybody because not every experience is for everybody. No. Everybody has a fucking nervous system that honestly needs to be mm -hmm. properly mm -hmm. cared for mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. probably hasn't been because mm -hmm. of so many reasons. That's a whole nother episode. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, that's my plug for the shameless plug. Let's go. Shameless she plug. gets it. Shameless plug. That's why I would drive to Tucson once a month. Right? Like I don't, that's because I valued the care of my nervous system that much. And because my nervous system was on that much of a tilt that I needed, I needed some bottom up support to override what was happening in my environment. So yeah, that would be my answer. Man, I just really want to appreciate just yeah. that share. Cause that really, like that just really hits. Yeah. Cause that's a person that really gets what we're, what I intend to share with the world through understanding chiropractic through my lens. Cause to answer your question, I'd say I went in the morning, I get into a flow state of creating or I got to move my body. That's just first and foremost, baby. I got to move my body and ask yourselves, what does my body need? Do you need to be opened up? Do you need to be strengthened? Because it knows. But how often do we actually ask our body? What is it? You see a dog or a cat get up after a nap. What's the first thing they do? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and how do they know to do that? They just do it, which is so good. And a lot of humans are like, oh, I think I'm going to go sit on a desk for eight hours. <laughs> hey, doc, my neck hurts. Why the fuck you think? <laughs> Let's explore that. I say that playfully. But I think finding a healthcare provider, whether it be acupuncture, massage therapy, chiropractic, whatever it may be, this body, it stores so much and it's so important. And women, y'all gestate. Y'all literally hold or have the ability to hold something for nine months. Emotionally, same thing in the pelvic floor, that gets stuck there, especially if it's something traumatic. Men, us too, just in a different way, but you gotta find someone that you resonate with, which would be my uh, extension yeah. of that, for as sure. I'm definitely not for everybody, which is cool, um, but you gotta find who is for you and you feel safe and you can relax into, especially with whatever lens you're looking forward to, as the vast majority of human beings store so much in their muscles, in their fascia system, and that's not even explored because Eastern medicine or taking care of self from a holistic way is now becoming sexy and popular. But people in, you know, out East have been doing that for thousands of years. Western science is now finding the research that they needed to now validate it. And they're talking about it to something that was innate and available to us for forever, forever. So find someone that you resonate with to take care of yourself, move your body, breathe and meditate. If that works for you. If not, let me know. Holla at your boy. I'd love to know what's working for you. Because that's just from my lens. That's not an, that doesn't need to be an absolute. There's just a lot of infinite, uh, evidence behind it that supports it.
All right. Where do people find you? <laughs> <laughs> if y'all listening to this, uh, y'all can find me at, at Dr. Jamal Fuster on Instagram. I have a virtual assistant, so I got a team, and she's helping like field a lot of questions and things too, which feels great. Um, y'all can find me on drjamalfuster.com too. I got a website with all my offerings as I'm down in Tucson at the source, of course. Um, I'm a life coach and mentor for nurses, physicians, and stepping into consulting work for hospitals, which is very exciting as well too. Um, but then I also do a monthly container called Providing for the Provider. If y'all want to take a trip down to Tucson, we'd love to have y'all as that's going to be May 20th, um, which I'm really excited about. However, if y'all want to turn up this weekend for Soul Revival, that's our event we got coming, which is going to be dope. Two-day experience in Tucson at La Paloma um, as that's a whole resort thing. But come find me. Hit me up. Shoot me. Don't shoot me an email. Just uh, go to my <laughs> website or go on IG as it's not the best, uh, best there. And how can people find out about where you're at, Sheena? <laughs> uh, well, hi, I'm Sheena. And you can follow me at Make One Day Happen. Uh, I've also got a website. I'll also be at Soul Revival. Soul Revival is going to be so dope, y'all. It's two days, cacao, ecstatic dance, breath work, movement. Um, I'll be leading another future self-sound journey there. We'll have a ton of great speakers. Everybody's really, getting adjusted. Everybody gets, yeah. All free day. adjustments, <laughs> free adjustments. So if you have some space in your schedule, uh, we'd love to have you join us. We've got a, a code for you to save 100 bucks. Use one, one day 100, and we can give you more information on that afterwards. And yeah, I think that's I think that's about it. I think that's everything. Do y'all feel good? Do y'all feel complete? Any questions? Any thoughts? Hi, I see you there. No, no. All right. Y'all, they're like, just sound bait us, please. Let's do it. <laughs> well, thank y'all so oh, much. This was amazing. You. Thank you. Appreciate